This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show, the second hour of the program. We get a little bit uh, more risque in this hour, but this, we're not starting with that right now. <laughs> chiropractor crackdowns. Do you go to a chiropractor? If you do, <laughs> let me know. What do you think? Uh, the number to call if you want to talk about this, if you have any cracks about this, one 399 9898 That's 1-877-399-9898. You can always email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, and complete the contact form if you like. Um, there's a chiropractor crackdown in British Columbia. Now, I've certainly gone um, for a back problem to a chiropractor and... Uh, <laughs> In fact, one I remember, he cracked me so much, like so <laughs> amazingly that, and I was just relieved because if you've ever had back pain, like it's brutal. And then if you've thrown your neck out as well, you know, you've like reached down under the couch just to find something and pull it and you just twist your neck and then boom, and that kills. And, and uh, so I've had some great care from chiropractors. One time it was on Halloween and I had... My, I couldn't move my neck. It was horrible. And so this chiropractor over the phone, she said to me, wrap a towel around your neck to support your head because, you know, your neck is holding up your head. And that gave me tremendous relief. She told me to ice it and uh, ice and heat, you know, 20 minutes and that the ice actually numbed the the nerves. And that was really helpful as well to take some Tylenol and Advil. And that helped also. So I could make it through Halloween, <laughs> grounding the children, of course, so that they wouldn't get into any trouble that night, uh, and make it through to go and see her the next day. So that was great. And then another fellow who's a medical doctor and a chiropractor, and he just gave me the best crack ever and just relieved my back pain because it actually takes you away from life. Uh, so knock on wood, those are really the only two times that I've had an issue with um, back pain. So that's good. Um, but some of the chiropractors, maybe they are uh, down on business. Who knows? But I was looking at some of these ads that they have, and I've heard this. I've heard mothers say that they bring their babies to chiropractors. I'm just like, really? But anyway, there's one uh, chiropractic advertisement that says, for babies and kiddos, helps with sleep issues, colicky baby, earaches, acid reflux. They don't even spell it properly. They said acid reflux. <laughs> it's acid reflux. For those chiropractors out there who, um, and then silent reflux, asthma, allergies, ADHD, and bedwetting. Come on. Uh, also, disruption of neurological signals results in ADHD-like manifestations, and chiropractors can help with that, apparently. Chiropractics for kids. This is a big thing. You know, you never used to uh, hear about chiropractors for children, but now they're claiming that they can actually cure the common cold. I should go, perhaps. That's one thing I have not tried, is the, is the chiropractor. Allergies. Get a load of this one. A symmetrical head shape. <laughs> Digestive issues, scoliosis, autism, I don't think so. But anyway, there is no acceptable scientific evidence that chiropractors can treat things like Alzheimer's disease, cancer, diabetes, infertility, infections, autism, ADHD, or Down syndrome, according to the College of Chiropractors in British Columbia, of British Columbia. And yet, apparently, practitioners in the province of British Columbia 
claim they can, and they advertise their services for a wide range of conditions that are outside of their legally mandated scope of practice. And so the college is cracking down on these chiropractors. Uh, they've given them, the college has given chiropractors an ultimatum and all chiropractors in the province had until November 1st to remove all scientifically unsupported claims from their websites, social media sites and printed advertising, or they may face potential discipline. And so as a registrant of the College of Chiropractors of British Columbia, they were required to immediately review their websites and social media accounts and remove any materials that include representations that do not comply with the efficacy claims policy. And so you, they were tasked with removing immediately all materials that made false claims, uh, regardless of when they were created or Posted And the notice mentioned 11 specific conditions that chiropractors are not qualified to treat. You know, there are still going to be people who believe they're going to say, not my chiropractor, and they're still going to go and ask for this treatment. Uh, and so some chiropractors are probably going to deliver this, but they might get in trouble. One little complaint from a patient to the college, and it's game over. So the 11 specific uh, complaints, uh, conditions, Alzheimer's, cancer, diabetes, infections, infertility, Tourette syndrome, uh, developmental and speech disorders, Asperger's syndrome, cerebral palsy, fetal alcohol syndrome, and Down syndrome. So these chiropractors cannot treat those. Uh, anyway, so it's interesting, you know, before you falsely believe what uh, you, what you see that can cure you, uh, I would look into the evidence, and it's pretty easy today to check out the evidence of, um, of claims that people make. I was doing that today, in fact, for a company, checking their their claims, you know, what they were saying, and it just some of it just didn't resonate, and some of it, the references weren't accurate, what they claimed. So, you know, you have to be very careful what you what you actually say out there that you can. Um, treat somebody, and it's expensive to go to a chiropractor. I think it's like, I don't know, if it's not covered, I think it's 50 to to $100 a visit or something like that. But that can be, that can certainly add up. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention that Calgary is uh, revolutionizing the way prostate cancer is diagnosed. This is Movember, and so this is a month that we're focusing on at Movember. Men are Growing mustaches, men are growing mustaches, Tim. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I see it. It's a horrible bit of facial hair. <laughs> it's a bit of a stash. <laughs> well, I'm trying to grow out the whole beard, actually. I'm you trying to do a little. It's the first time I've ever tried, so give me a break. <laughs> looks good. It looks really good. I think my mustache <laughs> might be bigger than yours. <laughs> Okay, I'm so sorry. And I don't have one at all. <laughs> all right, Zing. Tim is I'm blonde. Great guy. I'm, I'm trying. Blonde too. I don't <laughs> it's tough for us blondes to, <laughs> to actually grow hair. <laughs> I agree with you. I've been trying to grow a mustache for a long time. I deal with a lot of men in my job and in my life. It's not easy. But men... Uh, can be affected by prostate cancer. And so anything to help men with prostate cancer 
is good in my book. So doctors in Calgary, Alberta are the first in Canada to use special technology leading to early detection and treatment. And so it is a machine that costs about $450,000. And sometimes, you know, doctors have to fund these machines in order to deliver this care, especially if there's no funding. But I gather uh, this was a cooperative effort from the Prostate Cancer Center in um, in Calgary. And, and uh, it was, the technology cost $420,000. There are currently 350 being used in the U.S., and we have one. That's okay. We don't have as many people. Uh, it's called the Euronav Fusion Technology. And from my understanding, it combines the MRI with the ultrasound. And it's actually because with an MRI, you know, one of the issues with treating prostate cancer is you're going into this blind. There's a super highway of nerves down there, very difficult to see. Um, and so you undergo a biopsy using this new software. And uh, it can detect prostate cancer much sooner. So it's very disappointing to have a diagnosis of cancer at any time in your life of any kind, but early detection, early diagnosis allows you to get started on treatment and have hope and a promising journey for all. And as you know, Global Edmonton sports reporter John Sexsmith, a great guy, has been quietly battling prostate cancer until now. He's gone public for Movember to shine a spotlight on the disease. And you know what? As I say, when we share our stories, we empower others. I am Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Now is the time for me to read your emails and give you a little help with your questions. And there's some commonalities in some of these emails, so uh, so please bear with me, and then I'm going to get to uh, the turn-ons for you. Uh, we're, and, and you know what? They're not always nice, and I'm not always perfect. I'm, I'm a human being, and I make mistakes, <laughs> just like I did with Tim, because now I see the massive mustache. <laughs> it was the lighting. It was the lighting for sure. <laughs> no, the joke is I'm just extremely blonde in the one part of my face where the mustache grows. Like, my upper lip is bleach blonde. Everywhere else is, like darker and like visible you know i have a mascara pencil that or like an eyebrow pencil yeah i can I borrow that in. in the commercial break please yeah, absolutely Thank you. absolutely <laughs> um i do want to say so sorry about that tim because i didn't mean to be disrespectful towards you it's all good it's all good <laughs> no offense taken <laughs> you're helping me but a lot of guys have that issue where they have like brown hair or blonde hair and then they have a red beard or i have a red chin yeah yeah, yeah it's <laughs> November is not your favorite month, is it? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay, I have to stop laughing, especially when you hear this one of the emails that I'm going to email. I'm going to read to you. Hey, Ms. McGrath, this isn't the one. I need help. My wife won't have sex. Sex is marriage for sure. Touching makes her itchy and sweaty. My body is too hot or she just doesn't want it. Even if I offer to, anyway, I'm not going to say that. Or even if I give her foot rubs, no luck. Touch is not her love language. She says, of course, it's not me, it's her. But what the heck is it? She always rejects me, and it really annoys me, but I don't respond in anger. Been married since, get this, February 2018. Simple surprise wedding at the baby shower. Laugh out loud. No sex that night either. No rubbing. No French kissing. We are 28 years old. I don't want to cheat, although it's tempting. I want to have consistent doses of sex. This is tough. Please help. That is a tough one. 
because you have to inquire as to why she doesn't want to have sex with you. And, you know, maybe there is a history of sexual abuse as a child. Maybe she has body image issues. Um, There's a number of reasons, but you can't get to the bottom of it until, excuse me, until you know what the problem is. You have to, you need to know what the problem is. Maybe she married you because she was pregnant and thought you were going to be a good father and wasn't, I hate to say this, sexually attracted to you, but I've seen that. I've heard that in my clinical practice where women have chosen men that were going to be good providers and, and good fathers, and they thought they were the one, but they were never sexually attracted to them. So ha- having the conversation, talking to her, and I'm going to review some little turn-ons for you that might help, and three little words in particular, and it's not what you think. Okay, so I'm going to read this other little message. I got this one from... Facebook. I haven't accepted his request. I'm actually going to hit, after I read this, I'm going to hit the little thing that says, I don't want to hear from this guy again. So I listened to your show on Sunday, October 21st, and I have to say you are very disrespectful to your co-host. I was intently listening about the cannabis oil. Never once did I hear if it worked because you wouldn't stop interrupting and giggling. I really wanted to hear, as some of us have real issues in our marriages and are desperately looking for a solution. Okay, so on the cannabis oil which I do believe after that little silly segment, I did review this, but maybe he turned me off, um, that the the woman said that the cannabis oil helped her, but it also gave her a headache. So this was this woman who had vaginal dryness, which led to painful sex, which leads to low sexual desire. And that's a common issue in many marriages. It can happen pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, premenopause, postmenopause, being on the birth control pill, number of reasons. Stress can lead to it. And, and women can just lie about it and just say that it hurts. But anyway, nonetheless, that doesn't need treatment. So let's get serious here. Um, the woman said that the cannabis oil helped her, but oil will help a woman's vaginal dryness. Olive oil will help a woman's vaginal dryness. She did say she got a headache the next day. And when we looked up the product, which is no longer available until the licensing comes through for that company, the product's name is Ms. Envy. And um, it had a significant percentage of THC, which is probably why she got a headache the next day. So what I would do, I would stick to what has been tested and approved by Health Canada. And those are things like Rebagine, which is a vaginal suppository, personal moisturizer, uh, FEM, P-H-E-M-M-E, which is also a personal moisturizer. And uh, that is, it's, a, it's in a syringe. It's, you know, you don't have to put your fingers in inside, you know, reducing risk of infection. Um, that's one of, that's my favorite one is uh, for my patients is uh, FEM because it's a plunger and you just insert it in. And women don't need to use lubricants if they have, if they personally moisturize their vaginas. But you can also use coconut oil, but you got to get it on on the inside. And so you may need some type of a plunger uh, to get it in on the inside. But so there, there's Femme, Repagine, Gonitroph is another one uh, that comes with a plunger as well. So those are the ones that I would recommend. And you know what? Try what works. And if that doesn't work, low-dose localized estrogen will or may, uh, and that is um, topical estrogen that is inserted into the vagina, and that helps to restore the pH balance and improve moisturization elasticity. There's also the Mona Lisa Touch, which is a laser therapy that um, where often women who have had uh, breast cancer will opt for that option. And uh, it's three treatments with a laser over about 18 weeks, and it will restore you to your teenage years. Perhaps, maybe maybe age 25 or 30. 
Okay, so there's that answer for you. And so this is counter, this email is counter acted, whatever the word is I'm looking for, I don't know. Um, the antithesis of the other email. Hi, Maureen. Enjoy your show. You have a great sense of humor. I became a listener on Sunday, October 21st through CHQR 770 in Calgary. I am a male, 60 years old, healthy for the most part, whatever that means, married for 32 years to the same woman. Wow. We are reasonably active sexually, having sex every five to eight days. Want to try some new things? Do you have a book or something? Some toys you could recommend? Yes. I actually wrote a book. It was called Sex. It is called Sex and Health. Why One Can't Come Without the Other. And also in terms of sex toys, yes, I do recommend the sex toy, The Womanizer. It is a clitoral stimulating device. And according to a recent study that I reviewed, uh, it's a bit of a turn on to have sex toys in the bedroom. So bring that in. So America's 20th biggest, America's 20 biggest turn ons. Here they are. Here's some of them. Neck kisses. My partner telling me I like that. My partner undressing me. My partner going down on me, undressing my partner, nibbling my ear, lingerie, eye contact during sex, going down on my partner, being teased, sex toys, dirty talk in English, partner doing a strip tease, being dominated, partner being rough, my partner spanking me, my partner pulling my hair, biting, having to be quiet and sneaky, don't wake the roommate, and role-playing. Biggest turn-offs, poor hygiene, being mean, being rude to wait staff, eating with mouth open, and uh, the three biggest words are not I love you. They are I like that. I am Maureen McGrath. Welcome back to the final stroke of the Sunday Night Health Show. We're talking about leaky bladders, which is a very common condition, and the most important thing about this is that leaking urine is never normal. Women argue with me about that, and they're like, well, how about when you rush off to the bathroom, you know, and you have a full bladder? No, no, your sphincter should be able to remain closed. It uh, should be supported. And so there was a new study, uh, and, you know, leaking urine is less than sexy, dare I say. <laughs> and it, can, it is cause for concern because many women can leak at orgasm as well. And so especially if you're in a new relationship or you're out there on online dating and you've got a, this little niggling thing in the back that, you know, what if I like the guy or, or the female, whatever you're, um, if you're, a, uh, in, if you are in a same sex relationship and you think if I experience orgasm, it's going to be really embarrassing if I leak urine during orgasm. Nearly half of women over age 50, according to a new report, um, stated that they had bladder leakage and many said it's a problem for them. And this was a new U.S. survey that is just out of the more than a thousand women ages 50 to 80 who participated in the survey, 43% of the 50 to 64 year olds said they suffered from incontinence as did 51% of those 65 and older. I mean, these are tremendously high numbers. This You don't have to live this way, ladies. There are so many things that you can do. And guess what? Men leak urine too. And I had a patient in my clinical practice who had frequency, so he was going every two hours, urgency, he was rushing off to the bathroom, and leakage. And I gave him my whole list of nurse continence advisor recommendations, including fluid management, urge suppression, dealing with his constipation, cutting out bladder irritants, and he didn't do anything. He came back a month later. 
the one thing he did do, I told him to sit with his feet elevated above the level of his heart. And this is for you two ladies. Oh, these recommendations doesn't matter. My recommendations don't discriminate. Sit with your feet elevated above the level of your heart. For those of you who get up at night to pee, to void, and he did uh, two or three or four times a night, and that makes you tired. So you do what you do a couple hours before you go to bed. Don't drink anything after 6 or 7 o'clock and then sit with your legs elevated above the level of your heart. So it takes a stack of pillows and put your feet up there for 30 minutes. This promotes venous return. It will help to get your blood back to your heart, circulate through, through your kidneys, and you will actually have a better void before you go to bed. So try that every single night. Only This guy had only tried it two or three nights uh, of the whole month. So he was kind of angry at me because nothing had changed. <laughs> and then when I reviewed everything, I'm like, well, you got a 10% on your test here. You know, you, di- you didn't do anything I said. And he was kind of like, oh, well, okay, you're right. Um, I didn't. So I didn't realize it. But you know what? It takes work to stop leaking. If you... If you don't want to rely on using things like pads, pads are, an, are a stopgap measure. They are interim. I hate all those commercials that say, you know, you should be using pads to deal with your urinary incontinence. No, you shouldn't. Or, you know, underwear. You know, how sexy is that? You should be wearing a thong, ladies, for your entire life. Unless you're not feeling well, then you can wear the granny gaunchers. But aside from that, you are to wear thongs and not to wear pads. Uh you know, none of the special underwear either, although that's better than pads. That certainly can be a little bit sexier. They come like lacy and stuff and with a little, um, they'll absorb a certain amount of um, leakage. Many women wear dark clothing to disguise signs of leakage. But you know what? It makes women feel older and it makes men feel older. It makes people tired. It gives you more laundry to do. And who wants to do more laundry? I don't. That's for darn sure. Um, this is a major problem. According to this study, 41% of women said it was a major problem or somewhat of a problem and that they experienced leakage nearly every single day. And half worried about the condition worsening as they get older. And that's a big problem. It can lead to falls and fractures because you're rushing to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's dark. You trip on a slipper, whatever. And, you know, you fall over. I had a patient who actually... Um, he rushed to the bathroom and he tripped and he leaked urine on the way and he slipped and he slipped against the bathroom wall and he was, he's actually a quadriplegic. So this is important. You have to deal with your bladder leakage and there's so many things. So I told you some of the conservative measures. Um, some of the bladder irritants are like bubbly drinks, alcohol, citrus, vitamin C, um, hot tomatoes, spicy foods, all of those can be bladder irritants for you. You want to drink six to eight cups of water-based fluids or enough water-based fluids so that your urine is clear 90% of the time. Uh, The most common triggers for leakage are coughing and sneezing. A lot of women get that. That was reported by 79% of the ladies in this survey. A lot of women get that after having had a vaginal delivery, but that's not the only contributing factor to getting stress urinary incontinence or leaking with coughing and sneezing. Uh, Decreased estrogen receptors in the urinary tract will actually lead to uh, leakage of urine or bladder infection. So it's important, if you, especially if you get bladder infections and you're over the age of 65, your vaginal health needs to be addressed. And that's typically with a personal moisturizer or localized estrogen therapy or the Mona Lisa touch. So it's important that a woman's vagina is healthy. That's 
a problem. Women don't pay too much attention to their vagina. They close up shop and then they think, okay, well, whatever. But your vagina is related to your bladder health. And the condition is called genitourinary syndrome of menopause. So that needs to be treated because that can lead to leakage of urine. So women with stress urinary incontinence leak when they are laughing, coughing, sneezing, or exercising, or moving in bed. And there are a number of treatments for those. A lot of women do Kegel exercises or are told to do Kegel exercises. They don't know how to do them. They forget how to do them. They forget to do them. And quite frankly, they're a little bit overrated. Don't ever tell a pelvic floor physiotherapist I said that, but I haven't really seen too much uh, evidence to support that it, will, that it alone will stop the leakage in women. It can help. It can help to build up the strength of the muscles. But we have so many options now for treating uh, leakage of urine. Uh, also, urge incontinence was the, the about, reported by about 64% of patients. And that's when you're running to the bathroom and you leak along the way, you can't hold it. And so there's lots of treatments for that as well. Urge suppression, Alternatives uh, include Botox for the bladder. There's a surgically implanted pacemaker. This is kind of drastic. Uh, that prevents it from involuntarily contracting too much. People with spinal cord injury often get um, c- bladder contractions where they, either they can't store the urine or they, or they um, have difficulty storing or they have difficulty emptying the urine. So you might want to just cut back on uh, substances that irritate the bladder. Coffee is another one. Artificial sweeteners, nicotine, alcohol, unfortunately. And also you may, a lot of women have prolapse as well. And so if you have decreased estrogen receptors, you may have a prolapse. That means your bladder falls down or your uterus can fall down. And that can lead to another whole host of troubles. Uh, There's other things, um, you know, there are some vaginal inserts that look like tampons. They don't absorb though. They can support the mid urethra, which is where the weakness occurs. There's a transvaginal tape. There's new procedures, injectables that go in, uh, that are injected in and under the urethra to help women who suffer from stress urinary incontinence. There's also something called the Kegel throne, which is a um, a chair that you sit on with dignity and where every woman belongs is on the, on the throne. <laughs> um, and it delivers 11,200 Kegel exercises or pelvic floor muscle exercises in 28 minutes. You need six treatments um, for that. But you know what? It can be some of the best money that you spend. And that's good for stress urinary incontinence and urge urinary incontinence or the combo, the combination of the two of them. So know that leaking urine, ladies, is never normal. Seek help for it. There are, there's so many options that you can do. Diagnosis is important. The type of bladder leakage that you have is critical. And, um, you know, so it's very important to go and see a nurse continence advisor is what I would recommend or a urogynecologist or even your gynecologist or even speak to your GP about it um, who likely may have to refer you. The, it's normal. The, the normal bladder capacity is 400 to 600 cc's. The normal amount to void is every three to four hours or six to eight times in a 24-hour period. And it's normal to get up about once at night for women after menopause. And that's it. 
Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Lots to cover in the last little bit of the program. Here's an email from a gentleman. Dear Maureen, I believe I could possibly be a good case study. My wife suffers from illnesses and has had chronic pain for a long time. My devotion to my wife outweighs my personal desires. I've gone three years with zero intimacy, and yet I am a carrier of that gene, and I have never cheated. I have battled all of the mental issues that are attributed with that level of celibacy. My issue is the depression is getting to newer levels and getting harder to manage. There's a bunch more to go over, but again, I would rather know I'm not wasting my time and that my hell may be able to help someone else, maybe combat the extreme MGTOW, which stands for men going the other way. This is a tough situation in in a marriage and and or a relationship. And when a person is repeatedly rejected, it can lead to loneliness and shame and depression. And um, it's you know dealing, but also dealing with chronic illnesses and pain can be very difficult in life to deal with as well. And so, you know, it starts with having that conversation, having that hard conversation about uh, intimacy and your your intimate needs, your sexual needs, and also perhaps managing her pain a little bit better, understanding that when you experience orgasm, that can also help with pain. It can relieve some stress. It can relax women. So uh, perhaps going off to a therapist who can help you and your wife in that so that uh, you don't go the the other way or um, cheat, as you say, which can also wreak havoc on a relationship. So Body image is a huge deal, especially for women, especially after women have had a baby. Uh, you know, to have gone through labor and delivery is quite a feat um, after carrying around, uh, for those of you who carried around, only 30 extra pounds <laughs> for months to withstand Labor Day pains that nobody actually tells you about. Nobody prepares you for uh, labor. It's a, it's the biggest kept secret. And, and also there's all these classes out there that just tell you that if you say he, he, who, ha, who, who, he, he, that's going to help the pain. That's not true. I'm, I'm giving you the truth here on the Sunday Night Health Show. Morphine will do it. Uh, no, a lot of women want to go through natural labor, do it all naturally. They have some idea in their head that um, they're going to be better. Uh, I don't know who they're comparing themselves against if they do all this naturally and withstand all of this pain. W- many women have birth plans, but those birth plans can go awry as well. I have worked in labor and delivery, and uh, oftentimes the birth plans are tossed out the window, especially when the life of the baby or the mother is at stake. But after you've given birth, it you know, can feel pretty much like a superhuman feat. And while you love your baby or babies, if you've had twins, um, you know, your body confidence may be lacking and your body may not be something that you uh, really appreciate. And you wonder, how come this baby was only uh, eight pounds or was eight pounds and I still have the 30 to 100 pounds left on me? It takes a little while. And also breastfeeding can expand the breasts. Uh, Women may go up several sizes. And and you might be stressing about your husband's attraction to you. But you know what? There there is a study that has been released recently that uh, men are actually turned on by some postpartum bodies. And you know, just from caring for the baby, some some men noted in this particular study that 
or this particular survey, that just lifting up, up the baby and being active and going from one playground to the next, um, his wife became very ripped, and uh, he was very appreciative of that. And some men are very appreciative for what the body is meant for. But, uh, they, you know, the, uh, the mom and the babe are like a lock and key. They fit so comfortably together and can be very peaceful. And, you know, it's truly a feat to have delivered a baby. As they say, if men were to deliver babies vaginally, they would have one, or maybe they would actually fix labor pains. <laughs> uh, some men are turned on by breastfeeding breasts. Um, and other men have were amazed at what a woman's body could do. Uh, some men reported that they just couldn't see the difference between the pre or the antepartum body and the postpartum body. They found their wives just as gorgeous now as when they first met. So oftentimes these body image issues are a woman's issue. But it's important that you talk about this with your partner, that uh, you exercise and, you know, get your body in as good of shape as possible. When you're sick, for example, and all you crave is, you know, feel-good food, um, macaroni and cheese and chicken noodle soup, uh, you know, and you're laying around, you can get the doughboy body. So you got to get back up, uh, just like after you've had a baby, just get back up and know that with a little work and some discipline, you too can get back into shape because it's a good idea to be in shape, especially when you have children because they will keep you running. Believe you me. I want to read a little poem, um, in honor of Remembrance Day. This was written in 1917 by Winifred M. Letts, who lived from 1882 to 1972. She lived a long time. She saw a lot in life. She wrote this in 1917. Courage came to you with your boyhood's grace of ardent life and limb. Each day new dangers steeled you to the test, to ride, to climb, to swim. Your hot blood taught you carelessness of death with every breath. So when you went to play another game, you could not but be brave. An empire's team, a rougher football field, the end, perhaps your grave. What matter? On the winning of a goal, you staked your soul. Yes, you wore courage as you wore your youth with carelessness and joy. But in what Spartan school of discipline did you get patience, boy? How did you learn to bear this long-drawn pain and not complain? Restless with throbbing hopes, with thwarted aims, impulsive as a colt. How do you lie here, month by weary month, helpless and not revolt? What joy can these monotonous days afford here in a hospital ward? Yet you are merry as the birds in spring, or feign the gaiety, lest those who dress and tend your wound each day should guess the agony, lest they should suffer. This is the only fear you let draw near." Graybeard philosophy has sought in books an argument this truth that man is greater than his pain, but you have learnt it in your youth. You know the wisdom taught by Calvary at twenty three. Death would have found you brave, but braver still, you face each lagging day, a merry, stoic, patient, chivalrous, divinely kind and gay. You bear your knowledge lightly, graduate of unkind fate, careless philosopher, the first to laugh the latest to complain. Unmindful that you teach, you taught me this in your long fight with pain. Since God made man so good, here stands my creed, God's good indeed. I like that poem because it reminds us that a lot of these, uh, of those who went off to war were young boys and girls. They were 
very young men, 17, 18, 19, 20. In this case, she's writing to a 23-year-old soldier. Um, So we have to be grateful and appreciative for the freedoms that we have in this country. We are extremely lucky to, I'm extremely lucky to be able to get into my car and drive home to my family. And I hope you appreciate that as well. And a lot of that is the direct result of the sacrifices made by the men and women in this country, past, present, and those who've gone before us who have fought in those wars. I'm a peacekeeping person. I don't like war at all. And uh, so hopefully, but I want to say thank you to Tim French in particular for putting up with my bad jokes (laughs) about his (laughs) amazing mustache. And I know that it's going to look a whole lot thicker next week. (laughs) I remember you can always go to my website, which is backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow me on Twitter at back the number two, the bedroom. You can email me nurse talk at hotmail.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, by all means, send them my way. I'll certainly um, take a look at them. And uh, so have a a wonderful evening. And uh, if you're off tomorrow, enjoy this long weekend. I am Maureen McGrath, and it has been my pleasure to be the host of the Sunday Night Health Show. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.